welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Knock On Podcast, and I'm super jacked about this one because, as many of you know, um, got an amazing shout out at UFC 207, and I've got Ray Borg online. So, hey man, definitely happy to make uh, make one of your wishes come true if this is what it is, being on a Knock On Podcast. Man, it's uh, you know, thank you for having me on. I uh, every every time I'm uh, I'm about to see Joe Rogan if I'm out there for a fight, you know, every time I want to give him crap and uh, tell him to throw me on, you know, I'm a big uh, big archery guy, big archery fan, and a big fan of Knock on TV. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was um, that was a crazy night. I um, I didn't get to go. I have so much stuff going on right now leading up to the ATA show that I just can't really be gone much. Plus I'm I've got a really cool buck that I'm that I've got my eyes on I'm trying to get. But um I was actually out with I was kind of doing a fundraiser event for one of our universities and then next thing I know my phone just lights up and you know everyone's freaking out that you that you did a shout out. But tell me about the fight. I mean just having a win at two oh seven's gotta be surreal in itself. Yeah, you know we uh we had a we had a tough fight going in there. You know, Lewis Smoker was a was a real tough competitor. He's uh you know he's pretty high ranked, and uh, you know I've had a, I've had a pretty long layoff due to some injuries, and you know due to some medical problems. Uh, you know, getting sick on the week of my last fight. So you know it was a uh, it was pretty cool to be on UFC 207 main card and uh, being able to 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 win in front of a bunch of people and a bunch of bunch of archery fanatics. That was pretty cool. I got a I got a lot of comments, a lot of followers and stuff, you know, after I, uh, I mentioned knock on TV, but it was great. It was great to, to be out there in Vegas for UFC 207 and uh, win on that big stage. After this big win, I mean, what, what do you want for your schedule? What's your, what's your optimal schedule for 2017 looking forward? Um, for 2017, I, you know, I, I want to stay more busy. Uh, for 2016, I only fought twice, which for me is, a little bit, a little bit too, uh, too little for my, for my demand. So I definitely want to get back in there right away. Um, you know, hopefully rally up some wins. And uh, you know, I'm th- I think I'm on a strong run after a couple wins to fight Demetrius for the belt. So you know, I want to get in there as quick as possible. Who knows? Maybe they'll throw me on that Denver card with, uh, with Cowboy. So hopefully, hopefully I get one super quick. Yeah, that would be dynamite. I'd ha- I'd probably have to try to get out there for that one. I, I enjoy watching Cowboy fight and. I mean, there's so many awesome. Some of you guys are so ridiculously fast that it's 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 almost hard to believe um, some of your moves. I've watched some of your previous fights, and I mean, it is Tasmanian Devil is a perfect name for you, dude. Yeah, you know, I got that nickname when I was when I was just still a kid, when I was just 13 years old, because I I started this sport super young. And I, um, you know, I, I had when I first started, I had no clue what I was doing. But, you know, I just moved and moved and moved and just tried not to get, you know, the crap kicked out of me. And they're like, man, you're like a little Tasmanian devil in there. So, you know, that's kind of how it came about. 
What are you in pretty much the same condition most of the year? I mean, you look like you stay like you stay really fit. I know you were kind of apologetic about weight loss. I want to talk about that too later in a minute, but I mean, do you stay kind of in the same general shape most of the year? Yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, especially cuz the UFC really likes to to throw out a lot of like last minute fights, so it's kind of like important for me to try to stay as low in weight as possible and to, you know, make sure I'm staying in the best shape as possible year round just because, you know, it's good it's good for a fight camp to not have to go from, you know, a chubby little guy uh, who's not in good shape to trying to get in ridiculous tremendous shape in six weeks so it's easier for my body that way plus you know if the ufc is like hey we need you to fight in three weeks my body's uh my body's primed and ready to do that yeah well some of the guys now especially with the doping there's there's been so many really super cards that have to come down to like a last minute pull together so i mean it's in your i guess in your best interest to stay pretty close to where you need to be yeah, you know, uh, the the MMA world's pretty pretty uneducational, like uneducated with with supplements and with um even with training to be honest, like guys are training over training their bodies to where they're just honestly getting hurt and injured during training. I mean, that's where all injuries are happening now are, is during training. I mean, it's not like anybody's having freak accidents jogging down the street. Everyone's just kind of overtraining their body, getting, you know, pretty much in fist fights in the gym type situations and then on top of that a lot of these guys you know continue to take the same supplements they used to and you know without them being you know third party tested you know next thing you know they're getting popped for tainted supplements or you know even some of these guys who who even still you know do performance enhancing drugs it's just you know it's dudes are falling off the cards left and right yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's it's disappointing sometimes, especially with big names. But, you know, I wonder, well, I've wondered about the overtraining aspect because I know that's one thing I really preach. And, I, and I, I know for me as an athlete, I've done so much better when I, when I really pinpoint my focused training time to a and I kind of limit myself to a certain amount of time that I'm focused on maybe a specific tournament or doing well during mm-hmm. a pre- specific time of the year because if I just shoot with the type of repetition that I need all year long, I'm just burned out. I mean, I don't I don't enjoy shooting if I shoot that much. And I think it's the same thing with same thing with my lifting. There's times a year where although I don't like falling out of shape, when it's hunting season, I just enjoy letting my body rest up. And just, you know, a lot of those little sores and tendonitis, just let that stuff clear up for a month or two. Did I lose you again? Uh, Just a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Um, So what's your diet like? I mean, I know you worried about hitting weight, and I don't even know how some of these people, if you stay close to your weight, there's some people out there like, you know, you look at like Nate when he walks around. He's a pretty tall. He's a pretty big guy. Or you look at Connor, how much weight he's just. You know, he can fluctuate from. I can't move my weight that much. I mean, not without really feeling drained. So I mean, really, what's the key to? What's the one thing you would have done different for making the weight? I mean, if you're already pretty close, are you like me where you just struggle that last? That last five or ten pounds, I mean, it seems seems like it just kills me 
if I try to do it. Yeah, you know, it's you know, with uh, miss, missing weight and everything kind of kind of sucked, but I mean, what I what I I try to live by the 80/20 rule, which a lot of athletes do, which means, you know, 80% of your diet should be clean and 20% could be like, you know, a week a week night out or a weekend out where you just go and eat a burger and whatnot, but I think a big part of it is uh I I've had a lot of layoffs in between fights this year. I've you know, since I made my UFC debut, a lot of my fights have been five to six months in between, which is longer than I'm ever expected or longer than I've, you know, I'm used to. So sometimes I kind of like start to get a little mentally discouraged that I'm not going to fight right away. And sometimes I let my body get up high, you know, for for being 125 pounds, I've or for being fighting at 125 pounds, I've let my body get up to about 160 a couple times and having a cut from that 160 all the way back down to 125, you know, I, I think my body's not really liking the fluctuation of weights in between in between a uh, fight camp. So, you know, one, one thing I've, you know, I've talked to a nutritionist before I left uh, Vegas, a really good one. So, you know, we're going to get together, come up with a good plan, and they're going to help, you know, help educate me a little bit more to, to keep my body really low. That way my body's, I think my body starts to really hurt coming down from like one. 55 all the way back down to 125 yeah well i know for me i just my body really has got to the point now where it feeds off supplementation almost as much as it feeds off meals and i just find that with really good supplements i'm not starving throughout the day i mean i eat i seem to like ramp up my meals a little bit i'll have a kind of a heavier meal for my dinner and my lunch is normally moderately heavy and you know, my breakfast is, well, I guess my breakfast is normally pretty high in protein. Unless I feel a little sluggish, I might add one grain in there. Um, but I just really like supplements. They just, they help, they help me go between all those points of, of eating. I, I'm, I've never been able to, to eat like five or six times a day. You know, I, I just don't have a lifestyle where I can be toting around small portions for, to fill in those gaps and for me supplements has really been the name of the game for that yeah that that's definitely hard especially with uh with you know my my schedule and uh to be honest where i live i i kind of live uh i live in albuquerque well i you know i'm from albuquerque but i actually live in a, like a smaller town 20 miles outside in the mountains called placitas you know i'm not i'm not much of a city person so we kind of like to stay away but what makes that hard is we you know i i do have to eat those five to six times a day and when you live 30 miles from your gym you know back and forth and then the cooking and then the meal prepping and the you know the short window you have of time in between to get your foods in you know it's, it's pretty hard to eat that five to six times a day oh yeah yeah no doubt well i see you eat a lot of a lot of uh stuff that you shoot at least venison was the bison i've seen you've eaten bison in the past so is that something you shot or is it just something you get uh, so the, the venison, uh, that I had was actually from my cousin's deer hunt. He, uh, I had a, I had an elk hunt this, this past September, but you know, the, the downside was is I drew in the Gila's here in New Mexico and it was, uh, it was a, it was a pretty good hunt, but the thing was, is I was getting ready for a fight at the time. So I had absolutely no time to get out there and and go on that hunt and but you know the last three days after my after my scheduled fight when i got back i went out there for three days and you know 
we saw them, we were on them. You know, it wasn't it wasn't enough time to, to get a shot off on one. But uh, the, the the venison and the, the the elk meat that I eat is is generally for you know my family are we're all big time uh, archery hunters. But my my grandfather and my uh, my cousin have been lucky enough this past year to to get a deer and to get an elk. So you know. We kind of they kind of just share the wealth with me because they you know they know I'm in fight camp and they know and they just know how you know how lean the meat is so you know they they, they usually give me a good supply of uh, deer and elk meat. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, who was the first hunter in the family then? Bow hunter anyway. Who was the first bow hunter in the family? Uh the first bow hunter. Mm, I'd have to say it was my cousin Andrew. He he's actually the one, you know. He he got me started in archery when I was like, oh man, when I, probably when I was like twelve, maybe younger, because you know he was really big into archery hunting, and then he started to get into competition and you know 3D shoots. And there's one year they used to, you know, they used to always the tradition for them is to go to Sunrise, Arizona, on Fourth of July and go to that 3D shoot. And I used to just go out there to camp and to fish and whatnot. And uh, one year I went out there and I was like, man, this looks like a lot of fun. So they bought me a little PSE recurve bow and I missed probably every single target with that little recurve bow. But, you know, it stuck. I, you know, I had a blast. But my, my cousin Andrew's probably the, the a little bit the most talented archery hunter and uh, the first one. My, my uncle, his, his dad, who got me into hunting, he's, he does a lot of archery hunting. That's kind of his big thing. But he started off as a rifle hunter and. You know, he still goes on rifle hunts and whatnot. Like me and my cousin Andrew, if if it's a good hunt, we'll go on it if it's a rifle. But generally, prefer archery hunts. Oh yeah, it looks like your local archery shop is awesome. I've never been in that shop. Amazingly, it, it looks really cool. It's called Hit or Miss, right? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit or Miss has uh, they've been open. I think going on almost two years. It's awesome. You know, they they have a great great staff some very intelligent techs and not only that they have a a really big 40 yard range you know with 3d and then you know paper bells and things like that and you know they're really friendly people so yeah it's a really great archery shop that's awesome yeah it's hard to come by but it it looks like it's an awesome shop and and uh sometime i need to get down there definitely uh shout out to a good archery shop it seems like unfortunately there's a lot of people that have been writing in or or uh you know finding me somehow and just saying that they're struggling finding the right the right archery shop to go to to take care of them the right way and that place looks dynamite it looks really good yeah you know it's 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 great to have an albuquerque especially you know because like you know Al- albuquerque is a, a, a small city i guess you can say and uh for a while the only place to real other than the, there's another archery shop who's been around for you know, years and years and years, but the only other place other than that was Sportsman's Warehouse, which is, you know, they, they don't really, they don't have your more high-end bows like Matthews and whatnot. They generally sell like your PSEs and bear bows and whatnot, but hit or miss being in Albuquerque is awesome. You know, they, such a friendly staff, great, great techs, and, uh, you know, they're always, they're always willing to make sure everyone's taken care of. Well, what's your, uh, what's your ideal uh bow hunt what are you what's what are you kind of saving up for the one thing you want to do as far as a hunt yeah kind of hunt i want yeah i uh ever since i was a kid i have wanted to go on a caribou hunt oh yeah me too i've never done one 
I've never done one amazingly. Not really. Yeah, amazingly enough, I've never done one. I'm kind of waiting for the I guess if the right outfitter calls me, I'll do it, but you know the thing is they're they're um the migrations have changed quite a lot over the years and the cost is just really really high. Um I've actually up where I bear hunt in British Columbia, they have mountain caribou on a few of the the bigger peaks there and they're not you can't hunt them. Um and they're they just since they've never been hunted, they're they're almost really really tame. Um, I mean, you can sit there and dang near, if you stay still, you could dang near pet them. They're, they're really, really interesting, but I've never gone for caribou. I've really, really wanted to. So if I come across the right situation, I'm going to tell you about it. Well, if we, if we find the right spot, we'll go. Yeah, man, that sounds like a plan to me. I mean, I've been, I, I finally started to do a little bit more research on, on, on trying to get it, you know, get one put together. It's, you know, it's been Sometimes it's hectic with with being in the UFC just because at any moment's time you know you could uh you can get called for a fight like for example this this year actually uh my my younger brother he's he's uh, it's crazy because the kid's only been shooting archery for a year and he's a far better shooter than I am but uh you know he's he hasn't been on a hunt yet and um, I finally got him a youth encouragement hunt here in New Mexico and you know a good area for a cow. Uh, muzzleloader and uh, I was so positive I was going to fight in November that I bought a tag in December and then sure enough the same weekend of my fight was when his hunt was so I had we had that was another hunt we had to miss out on so it's pretty hectic trying to schedule hunts and stuff with the with you know being on the UFC roster but I've definitely had my eye on trying to trying to find a caribou hunt in the near future yeah, well, we'll have to make that happen, and uh, sometime, sometime we do need to hook up. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always open to new people uh, learning archery, especially the guys that are out there in the limelight. And heck, I mean, that was a huge shout out for the archery community to have someone up on a mage stage. You know, th- at least go, what the hell? Did he just talk about hunting right at freaking just beat someone down? And he's like talking about <laughs> hunting. But what's funny is Joe is just as bad. I mean, that sucker will be right in the middle of commentating one of the most intense UFC moments of the night. And then he'll just turn around and, and you know, there's been times where I've been behind him or he'll shoot me a text and just be like, dude, I'm thinking about bow hunting. And I'm just like, get your head in the game, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually what made me bring up the ideas because, I mean, I've been in the archery for for such a long time. And, you know, I we, we, we shoot quite often. I mean, me, my fiance, my younger brother, my younger brother lives with me. We're just, you know, archery all the time. Sometimes it's, you know it's it's hard because we'll be at the range shooting and it's like an hour goes by and we're like all right we got to go to training here in 30 minutes and we're gonna have, we have to force ourselves to leave but uh I, I i've seen that joe rogan's just been non-stop about his archery hunting and uh you know him and cameron haynes and all that and i'm like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna put joe rogan on the spot with archery <laughs> i even almost i even almost called him out in vegas i was gonna tell him because my fiance my brother drove out there and they were going to take my bow, and I almost told Joe Rogan, I was like, Joe Rogan, you know, fly your bow out there. Let's go shot for shot. Yeah. Oh, are you going to challenge him? That would. Be- I, I thought about it. <laughs> I thought about it. Okay, well, we do we do shoot out there. If I ever go out there with them, we always take our bows. Um, it was pretty surreal. Him and I were shooting, and we were actually testing broadheads. Um, a buddy of mine 
that works um, in one of the forensic labs here in Iowa made us some legit ballistic gel. And we freaking took the ballistic gel to uh, the basement of the Trump Tower in Chicago before that UFC fight. And we were down there just testing broadheads, just shooting ballistic gel for hours. And it was crazy because we're down there shooting this. Um, and Don Jr. had you know get got us permission down in an area that was that was vacant but it's like right along the the riverfront so there's just people walking right by, right by us this huge glass window and we're just sitting there shooting our bows into ballistic gel and what's crazy is not one freaking person even like was out of their zone enough to even look and be like hey what the heck those people are shooting lighted not i mean it looked like star wars it was pretty dark and we're just zipping freaking nocturnal knocks all through through the basement and no one even no one even budged i mean no one even noticed it was crazy but yeah uh, that, that's pretty crazy all right well next time we go if you got a fight then um we've got a really cool shop out there that that actually uh lets us go in either before they open or after they open and do some shooting so me and joe and cam and actually one of the really good doctors out there that's doing a lot of stem cell work on a lot of you guys um, his name is dr roddy mcgee he's been on the podcast before um, roddy shoots a little bit with us um, aubrey marcus came out um, i mean we've we've had some really eventful uh private shooting nights so uh yeah sometime even if even if joe isn't down with shooting which isn't very often i i listened to his um i listened to their post fight companion that they did um on the jre and it was hilarious he was talking about how he's he was practically shitting his pants the whole night at 207 literally <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably why it's probably why he didn't bite on that little uh that little carrot you dangled in front of him too long. He was probably just gritting his teeth, trying not to shit himself. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was funny. But no, we'll. I'll uh, next time we're somewhere together. I, I don't have any problem taking my bow. If nothing else, I'll work with you. I'll uh, I'll just give you some pointers, which is probably the segue. Hey, this podcast is about you, dude. You're the one that called for it. So, what do you want to talk about? I mean, what do you what archery stuff do you want to talk about? Uh, you know what? I uh I actually wanted to talk to you. What do you think about the the new Prevail? How how do you like the Prevail? Well, there's I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I always do. Um I've I like I really like a lot of aspects about the the Prevail, but I've actually been um struggling just a little bit on getting used to this cam system and the reason is um there's several reasons one because you know on a target bow they have a they have a little bit different feel to them than um than a hunting bow that you know a lot of times the let off is they've got less let off you're normally shooting a little bit less weight so you're holding weight slightly different and the bow's a little bit bigger as well. And honestly, the last, well, last year I shot the Hyper Edge, and that cam system was the same cam system that was on my hunting bows. And the size of the bow was a lot closer to what my hunting bows were as well. So when I picked up the Prevail this year, although for 
15 years of my life, if you would have put a 40-inch bow with those specs and that cam in my hand, I would have just loved it. But because I've been shooting my hunting bows so much, and last year when I competed, well, I shouldn't say competed, I shot at some fundraisers and shot you know some 3D shoots here and there or whatever, but um, my target bow and what I practice with for target, because I still do like to train. I mean, a lot of people wonder why I don't compete, but I'm still shooting. A big part of my personality is training. I want, you know, I, I want to be, if I decide I want to go to a tournament, I want to be able to go. I mean, I want to go to a tournament yeah. if I feel like it. And the Hyper Edge, I was able to shoot my hunting bow or that bow, and the cam felt the same, the valley felt the same, everything felt the same. But now with this Prevail, it's like I have to relearn what a target bow feels like again. And I actually called. Um, I'm going to go from the 40 inch one, I'm going to go down to the shorter one and I'm actually going to try it, um, mainly because the cam falls into a better slot in the, in the five positions. If I go down to the, to the 37, it'll allow me to shoot this cam in the E position instead of me shooting it at the 40 inch length in the C position. So I'm hoping that the feel of the cam changes a little bit. Otherwise... My next step is going to be to drop down about five pounds less in limbs and then go to the newer spiral type cam. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I'm being honest about it. And what's cool about Hoyt above, what I think is cool about Hoyt above all the other companies is the fact that we are talking about one bow, but I just told you about three different things that I can do to it. So I can make the bow feel really, really good, but at this point, for the little amount that I've shot the Prevail, I can't say that I'm. I would take it to Vegas right now and be a hundred percent happy. I feel like the first configuration I got has surprised me in that I feel like I can make it better. Could you get much of that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You just cut out like the last two seconds. Okay. Um, now, you've shot a couple different models. I see that, you're, that you've shot, uh, you've shot Expedition bows, right? Shot yeah. Ex Expedition, and then now you're shooting – are you shooting Elite, or was it a prime – was it Elite? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, – I, um, so the biggest thing with me with, with, with bows is um, – I shot Expedition for a while, and I, I love those Expedition bows, but my biggest thing is when I started to get into Target and um, and 3D archery, I wanted a longer axle-to-axle bow, and the Target bow that that Expedition offers, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a, a small guy, so my draw length is super short, which is, it's actually always kind of hard to, to pick out bows for me. Yeah. And, um... And so the the expedition target bow, the perfection that they that they have, the lowest it went down to was twenty seven and a half, and I am uh, a twenty six inch draw length, so uh, that was out of the question. It was like okay, you know. So I started shooting elite, and you know, I I, I really enjoy my elite, and um, I'm most most likely gonna get a victory thirty seven for because uh, me, my fiance, and my brother were planning on going out 
to to Vegas this year to go shoot that shoot. My fiance, she's she really likes paper shooting. My brother's been getting into it a little bit more. I'm I'm more of the 3D guy, but I've been getting into paper. You know, pa- shooting paper is starting to make my actually make my 3D a lot better. But we'll see if I end up going to the Victory 37 because the biggest thing is even though I'm a 26 inch draw length. Uh, the 26-inch draw length on the Victory 37 with the short the short base cams, it still felt about a good half inch too long. I still felt a little too stretched out to be really comfortable in it. So we'll we'll see. I'm gonna play with the lead off a little bit and see if maybe can get a little bit more comfortable in it. Then uh, you know, if not, then uh, I'm not, I'm not too sure. <laughs> some of the most uh, some of the most cool. Hoyt bows are actually the ones that they've made with some configurations that fit a smaller spiral cam at that 26, 24 to 26 inch draw length. Sharon shoots 26 and a half inches and mm-hmm. we've made some configurations for her over the years that have just, that they've been dynamite for like efficiency and stuff. I know that shop has Hoyt too, don't they? Yeah, actually, that was one of the biggest things why I didn't shoot Hoyt because, I mean, uh, the owners to the shop, uh, they're actually great friends of mine, you know, really close friends. They've actually been to my last two fights in Vegas, and uh, at the time, they weren't carrying Hoyt, so, you know, kind of like, I I guess, in a sense, out of respect to them, I, you know, I shot a bow out of their shop that, you know, that they they were able to get, but they just got Hoyt this past year, and uh, one of the one of the techs at the shop, he he was a big time Hoyt shooter, and he kind of stopped shooting Hoyt for the same reason, out of respect for the shop. But now he's bringing all his Hoyts back, and I actually shot his Pro Comp Elite. Oh yeah, and I was actually I I actually very much enjoyed that bow. So you know, like I said, I'm actually still I'm still in the bow bow market. Not sure what I'm gonna, I'm actually not sure what I'm going to shoot this year. So I'll hook you, know, you up we'll, with we'll Hoyt, see. dude. I mean, if you want to Hoyt, I'll make it happen. You can, I'd, I'd invite you to, I don't definitely invite you to bring it out here and we'll, we'll do work and, and shoot. Yeah. It's a personal invitation. No question. Yeah, man. That'd be, that'd be awesome. The heck yeah. Yeah. If you, um, we'll, we'll talk about it after, well, I mean, we can talk about it now, but if you're wanting, what's cool, what's, I think if looking at, I guess to back up, sorry, I kind of got excited. Um, looking at your Instagram, your your form and also your gear and your your setups, those guys are really getting you on the right path. I mean, your setups as like when you're shooting 3Ds, they look, you know, it's a completely different build with your arrow configurations and everything versus what your hunting bow is. So you're like in a perfect position where if you really want to set something up, to where you can really geek out about target archery, you know, we should really look at getting you into one of the new prevails with, you know, like a 37 inch prevail with, with like that new spiral type cam, unless you like a higher let off, then you may get along really good, even with that X3 with like a high let off module. Um, but we can certainly do a build. You're going to be at one of the smaller cam sizes, um, in, you know, in some of the smaller cams, but in the longer slot, which is going to be uh, really, really cool for you. Now, for your arrows, are you shooting Fat Boys? I can't really tell in some of the pictures that I saw you in, but are you shooting Fat Boys or? Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I was shooting Fat Boys, uh, Eastern Fat Boys, primarily because 
you know, I kind of wanted a, at the time, I wanted just like a more universal arrow, arrow that I can use for 3D and, you know, when I want to do paper. Because the archery shop here, they like to do a lot of uh, hybrid shoots to where it's, you'll shoot like five ends on a Vegas round and then five or 15 3D targets, you know, just to change it up. So uh, I, I, sh- I generally shoot fat boys um, be- just because it's the, the universal arrow. But because uh, me and my family were, you know, we're really, we're really planning on going to the Vegas shoot. I actually, my my knowledge on target on paper arrows isn't that great. So I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about, you know, the X twenty sevens and you know the but the difference between those two arrows. Yeah, well, I think uh, if you're just well, if you're just focusing on indoor archery only then some of the aluminums are going to be a really, really good choice for you. But, you know, the thing is with your draw length, you may find that some of these smaller um, smaller diameter arrows are actually still going to give you a better result than some of the big diameters simply because you're not going to be shooting enough weight to really break down some of these bigger arrows. I mean, if you look at a 27 wall, you know, you're going to end up having to shoot that thing like full length with a very, very heavy point in order to break that spine down enough. And I just know that even for me, I can still outshoot 27s all day long with the 2315. You know, just I almost feel like you could get into a 22 series diameter arrow with your draw length and you can probably perform really really well or even even at a 2315 i've got a lot of um a lot of the females that i work with in the feta world they're they've got really short draw lengths so i've got i've had to do a lot of you know tuning with like uh 2315 and and uh so that they're legal for feta but uh, that Fat Boy is a great shaft, though, and another shaft that could do really well for you would even be like a light speed. Um, main thing is keeping keeping an arrow with a really good tolerance, and I think you'd find that even though it doesn't have the bigger diameter shaft, we're going to have a lot better luck matching that arrow to your bow, uh, depending on what you go with. But that's that's kind of my my gut feel, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I've I've sh- I actually shot the light speeds for a while when uh actually over the summer when we were doing a lot of 3D shoots, uh you know th- those were the the arrows that I really enjoyed shooting were the the light speeds. I've even hunted with flat lines before, and I know flat lines and light speeds are a lot of the same arrow. So you know those light speeds were one of actually one of my favorite arrows to shoot. Oh yeah, they were. That's a great arrow. A lot of people um, a lot of people have, I guess, underestimated that. I'm just looking here while we're talking, and um, I don't know. I kind of want to. I'm looking here. There's a it, the Prevail 37 with the SVX cam, which is like the new spiral cam. Um, in the number one cam, that'll max out at 26 inches. So, um, but in the number two cam, it kind of starts out uh, right at that. It's kind of the perfect bow for you because it the number two cam starts out at that twenty six and a half uh, draw length, which you know I would personally probably. You said yours is tw- what did you say your draw length was twenty six right now? Uh yeah twenty six on, on my energy thirty five. I, I mean I don't know why it's such a big difference. Like I said on my energy thirty five that I'm shooting now, 
Uh, it's it's at 26, and it fits perfectly. But on that 37, when we went to 26 inches, it was just too long. It felt long? Yeah, the, the, the 26 inches on the, the, the Victory 37 felt like just a tad bit too long. But like I said, my, my the Energy 35 that I shoot now is that 26-inch drawing, and, it, and it's just perfect. Yeah, well, yeah, your draw length on some of your pictures – um, and for those of you who are listening, um, you can go to Ray's Instagram page. It's Taz Mex UFC, and you can check out some of his pictures. You've got really good posture. They've set you up right. You've got a good setup. You're set up really well. Your front hand position is really nice. Your front shoulder position is dynamite. Now, you're shooting a hinge release sometimes, aren't you? Most times, or... Are you shooting a hinge release most of the time? Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I, I like thumb releases a lot, but I, I fluctuate from thumb and hinge release a lot because I start to develop soup. I don't know, I, I've been a sucker lately for target panic and punching my trigger, so, you know, sometimes I, I switch it up to a hinge release just to try to get over that that target panic and, you know, punching of the trigger. So And, and to be honest, I... Believe it or not, uh, before I even, you know, talked about trying to be on the Knock on TV podcast, I I honestly watch majority of your your YouTube videos for, for tips, especially because, you know, I'm trying to trying to be a little bit better of a tech on working on my own bows. So, you know, a lot of your videos have been helpful. And I watch a lot of your videos, especially for my fiance, because she loves a thumb release. And I just can – I can personally never quite – get that shot right with the thumb release like to 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 truly make it you know a, a back tension type shot I, I i just have a hard time you know perfecting that thumb release execution oh i'll be able to fix that i'll be able to fix that like yeah. like no one's business <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's easy but no you've got some really good options here because you know that it depending on the type of cam that you want the feel of you're either right at the back end of the number one cam with that the new spiral or you're pretty much right in the middle slot of an x3 cam which um you know i think we could do a few things to really tweak that out yeah you need to you know the what's what's really something that i appreciate about hoyt is their draw length, the way they measure draw length and the way they average or advertise speed, it's so it's so true to the market. You know, there's a lot of places um, that they really push the envelope of how much they're allowed plus or minus for their variance. So, you know, there's times where people say, Oh, you know, I'm shooting you know, three twenty with my thirty inch bow and then you put your their thirty one or their thirty inch bow on a you know, on a draw board and you pull it back and they're sending them out of the, the, the company at 31 inches. So right there's eight extra feet a second. So the fact that you said that one bow felt long, it very well could have been, it could have been a 27, even though it was advertised at a 26. So, you know, that's what I really appreciate about these bows. And this would be a good one for you, man. We need to, we need to make that happen. But, and then once you get serious about, um, about hunting season then yeah there's i don't know i'm really really enjoying my my pro defiant right now 
I don't want to sound like a total sales guy, but I have both, and I've been hunting with my Pro Defiant a lot. And I hope tonight, I've got a good win tonight. I'm just telling you, well, yeah, as soon as we get done, I'm literally going and I'm jumping in a stand by 1 o'clock or so. I want to be in there by because I've got a really good win and I, I want to make it happen. I think you're going to enjoy these bows a lot. Um, you're going to have fun. And we do need to set up a time where you want to come. And I'll definitely be able to work out that little bitty issue you're having with a thumb release however you're shooting a hinge release the right way so you know it's not like you're in a position where you're struggling if you know that you've got one release that's working really really good for you then um just stick with it dude so many people want to rush to a different release and you don't always have to the main thing is just finding the one release that that lets you make a good shot and just sticking with it yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm actually a fan of the the Hoyt bows. I, uh, I haven't really fiddled with them too much, but every time, you know, because I'm such close friends with the uh, hit or miss, uh, the owners, you know, they'll they'll text me like, hey, we just got these new bows, and I'll be like, all right, I'm there in five minutes. I'll I'll shoot them for you guys. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I shot the Pro Defiant, but the the only thing sometimes is I'm all because I'm such a little guy. I'm always shooting bows. Even when I first try them out, I'm always shooting bows like four inches long or three inches long because you know they a lot of times they won't have the mods put on or they won't have the mods in stock. So it's trying to get the best feel for bows as much as I can, shooting them a little bit long. But uh, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have time when I went in there to shoot the 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 carbon defiant. But I shot the the pro defiant and. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't shoot the oh man I forgot which one I shot. I shot I only shot one of them and I liked it. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. But but like I said, man, I've been I've honestly been trying to get my hands. I've even uh I've even asked my cousin because my cousin shoots a whole point right now. He's he 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 wants to buy a new bow so bad, but he is so in love with his pro uh, his pro edge elite that he doesn't want to let that thing go. And I've been asking him. I was like, hey, you know. You gonna get your hands on a Prevail? You gonna buy a Prevail? Like just constantly asking them because I've been, I've been super interested in trying those Prevails. And what's nice, what you were talking about with those cams is, <clears throat> that's always my biggest problem is when I finally find a bow, bow, at my draw length, majority of the time I'm at the bottom of the cam and I never get that that good full cam rotation, you know, and it, and it's always you know nice to trying to get it. And then you know as far as my release goes, you know I my my wife actually uh, shoots the. Um, she shoots a Carter. Oh man, I, I. She shoots a three finger Carter. I'm not. I can't remember which one it is, and she loves it, and I, I like it as well. But shot it three times, and every shot was punched. So you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> so so you know, I'm, I'm I'm I really like thumb releases. I actually started shooting with the thumb release and. Uh, uh, when I first started getting into 3D and target shoots, I, I shot with the thumb release, but I don't know why when I started shooting a lot of outdoor 3D is when I s developed really bad target panic with my thumb, which made me uh, which made me switch to a hinge. But even with my hinge, sometimes I'll I'll have a bad I'll even have a tendency sometimes to to force it rather than sitting there, you know, letting letting my pin sit on the target and then just slowly executing my shot. You know, I've had sometimes bad tendencies of just 
forcing that shot right away. So are you, with your hands, are you activating it by rotating? I mean, you shoot a forefinger, so I'm going to guess that you're probably more likely to kind of curl your pinky fingers and stuff around. Is that true? Or are you shooting it that way or relaxing the index finger? or? Uh, the, the, the way I shoot my hinge is I uh, kind of, what I do is uh, I, I, I try to hit the click almost as soon as I'm at, at my anchor point. As soon as I get to that anchor point, I'm trying to, I shoot with the click. So when I when I hit that click is sometimes when I develop that target panic. But uh, I usually just like to relax my hand, and generally, uh, you know, kind of imagine an object behind me, trying to you know take my elbow, put it straight there. But I you know I usually like to 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 relax my index finger, and then just kind of slowly start to pull into it. Yeah, yeah. The the hinge release develops. I think a little bit more finesse, um, just learning your style of shooting it. I know that, you know, Jeff Hopkins lives right here close to me. So there's times where Jeff and I shoot and the way he shoots his release, it's, it's almost beyond vertical. The way Jeff turns his whole hand way around, it kind of brings his pinky under the back of his jaw. It's not, it's not really a way that would feel comfortable for 99% of the people, but for him, it really works, and his consistency is is really good with making it go off. Whereas with me, if I focus on trying to move too much, then that's when my brain starts to kind of freak out. So what I would recommend to you is um, I would either focus the majority of your, you know, focus all your attention on just looking where you want where you're wanting to hit but then you really need to pick your method of shooting a hinge whether you're going to just fully rely on only relaxing that index finger and letting everything pull through or if you're going to slightly compress the hand and round in those pinky and index fingers until it goes off you know you really need to do one way or the other cuz if you're trying to go back and forth between two then that's n- normally when the um kind of when a little bit of anxiety is going to jump in there and freak out a little bit because you're kind of you know you'll start to relax the index finger a while and then all of a sudden it's not going off then it's like okay maybe if i start to pull with these finger and then at that point you've kind of lost your whole focus on what the heck's going on so just really concentrate on one versus the other one your wife looks like she's shooting a chocolate addiction possibly yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is. Yep. Okay, it wasn't that good of a picture, but I can just, I can actually tell by the the angle of the the lever on the back lever. So, yeah, you you've got a you've got a really good base to what you're working with. I'm gonna I'll look forward to working out a few little few little things there, and you'll be you'll be much more accurate. I would. You know, looking at how you shoot, I would guess just by looking that you're you probably have more left to right misses than you do up and down. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I heard left to right misses, and then I cut out after that. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I I would guess that you have more left to right misses than you do up and down misses. 
You, you know what? Yeah, you, you truly know your shit then because that's exactly it. Every time, it's it's always left to right. It's never it's never up and down. All my shots are either left, all my, my shots are either right. And, then, you know, it, it's pretty much exactly that. All right. Well, we're, we'll save it for live stream when you're here, dude. I'm not going to tell you why yet. I'm just going to work out that little kink. And, uh, yeah, I'll get that fixed. I'll get that fixed right up. No problem. Yeah, I'll be able to do that in a, in, a, in one night. We can we can fix that stuff up. Well, um, hey man, I love talking to you. It was awesome. Super, I'm super thankful and appreciative for giving the whole Knock On Nation a, a, some recognition on freaking pay per view. And yeah, I'm jacked. I'll um, I'll put in a few calls for you and. Um, yeah, keep spreading the love for archery, man. That's awesome. Can't thank you enough. Heck, and I'm I'm a huge fan, a huge fan. I've learned a lot from uh from all your knock on TV videos, and uh, you know I'm excited to excited to meet you in person, and uh you know you know get uh, get some stuff done, fix my form, fix my shooting, so that way I can say I can beat people up and later <laughs> on go 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 shoot a 300 round. Yeah, Jim Miller, freaking, he loved my, uh, Jim text me, he loved my, my hashtag that I came up with for your, for that picture that I got, hashtag punch faces, not triggers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to make sure next time you're out there beating ass, I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm there. I want to, I want to witness it firsthand. That'll be cool. Yeah, heck yeah, man. and And we'll do some shooting. Yeah, just uh, let me know. I'll let you. Uh, I'll put it out there next time I fight. You let me know if you want to go, and I'll get it. I'll get it taken care of. No problem, man. Well, hey everybody, um, make sure you give give this boy a follow. He's uh, super cool. He's got. Uh, are all your social media pages the same? Are they all Tex Max yeah. UFC? Yeah. Yep, all the same. Jeez, good work on that one. Getting them all the same—that's like an impossibility now. You're on the ball. Yeah, I, I definitely had to because it was, uh, you know, I would do interviews and things like that, and they'd be like, "Where, where can people reach you at? Where, you know, where, what's your t- Twitter handles and whatnot?" And I'd start naming off like three different ones, and, I, and then I'd get them confused, and I'd get mixed up on which one was which. So I kind of had to make sure they were all the same. Yeah. Well, hey, it was fun, dude. I appreciated it. It was awesome. And uh, good luck training for your next fight too. And we'll we'll talk in the meantime. I'll give you a text. I'll text you here in about an hour once I'm uh, sitting in my sitting in my spot waiting to uh, launch an arrow at a at a giant. And if I shoot him, by the way, everyone, we're gonna go live on a recovery. Um, so you better be prepared. Come dark, right about dark. You better be prepared for a live recovery if I get lucky. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. So thanks, man. Appreciate it, Borg. Hey, thank you, man. I, you know, I appreciate you having me on. Big fan, and uh, good luck getting that big old buck tonight. All right, man. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.